Hi and welcome to the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly presented by Life Now. Does the Premier League have a new super club? This week we discuss what the news of the Newcastle takeover means for the league and the Magpies. And of course, it's time to wake up from your international break slumber because we are looking ahead to the games of the weekend and that includes our Fantasy Premier League tips. All these and more on the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly presented by Life Now. What's up everyone? I'm Raushan. And I'm Deepan. Raushan, some really exciting news over the last week or so. Uh, a while ago, it seemed like it wasn't happening. Uh, suddenly, what, me winning FPL, is it? <laughs> you must talk about FPL. Uh. Suddenly, it all went quiet and then boom. Here we have a Saudi Arabian-backed £305 million takeover money. of Newcastle United has been completed. As of last week, the Premier League has approved the takeover after receiving legally binding assurances that the Saudi state would not control the club. Instead, the Public Investment Fund, PIF, which will provide 80% of the funds for the deal, is seen as separate to the state. Uh, this is, of course, despite the fact that the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, being listed as the chair of PIF. The sale went through after the deal passed the Premier League owners and directors test. Uh, the takeover, of course, brings to an end Mike Ashley's 14-year spell as Newcastle United owner. Raushan, as a Premier League fan, uh, how are you feeling about it? Excited to see a uh, new investment into a club in the Premier League? I don't know if excited is the word, but interesting. Because it's it's I have no affiliation for this club at all, Newcastle United, but Same. it would be interesting. I like the whole transfer element of things, right? <laughs> Same. He says that while wearing a Newcastle shirt. <laughs> if you're listening to us on Spotify, the picture will be out on Twitter now, so go check it out. Fake news. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand where you're coming from in terms of the, the lack of excitement. But um, I, I mentioned excitement because I think it's always nice to see new funds going into a club, especially like uh, Newcastle United, because I, I wouldn't say sleeping giant. Uh, maybe some people might, might say that, but I think they are a club who deserve better in terms Agreed. of uh, challenging for maybe at least the, the top six. I, I, I think they do deserve that. And I uh, think it's just a weight off all these Newcastle fans' shoulders under the reign of Mike Ashley. You talk about Sorry, uh, Saudi state, you talk about control, you talk about... But under Mike Ashley, it felt like a dictatorship, man. So they must be really pleased that he's gone. Yep. Uh, before we go into the talk of the town and introduce our guests for today, uh, I've got this week's trivia question. Bring it on! Uh, Newcastle United, when we talk about them, uh, there's one person that comes to mind and that Even is... His Newcastle jersey. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually Alan Scherer, Mr. Uh, Raushan. Okay, okay. Uh, but I won't ask you who is the top record goal scorer. I'll ask you who holds the most appearances for Newcastle United in the English Premier League. So it's not Alan Scherer lah. I mean, if you think it's him, then... In the English Premier League, who holds the record now? Shea Given. How? <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's Shea Given with 354 appearances. Uh, he's a record all-time <laughs> Premier League Correct. player for Newcastle United. <laughs> Maybe for your info, before the recording, no, I mean, this was, a, this was an easy question. I mean, I'll be surprised <laughs> if you got it. You saying before recording. I'll be surprised if you got it wrong. La. But uh, <laughs> oh. enough about uh, trivias. Uh, let's move on now. We should hear what the real Newcastle United football fan thinks. Uh, and that's where we are going for this week's Talk of the Town. Premier League football is the best in the world. Uh, and Newcastle United is the best team in the world. And we want to see it get those trophies, obviously. Uh, at top of the Premier League in Europe. But to get trophies, it means investment, patience, time, uh, and we want everybody just to um, you know, work with us to build the club to what it needs to be. 
Alright, gentlemen, this is the talk of the town where we zoom in on a topic for the week. Uh, that was, of course, new Newcastle United director Amanda Stavely. Beautiful lady. Uh, <laughs> not too sure what she means about Newcastle being the best team in the world. Uh, but to talk about Newcastle, we've brought in one of the most passionate local Newcastle United fans. Welcome to the show, Terence Ong. Terence, uh, how are you feeling about being taken over by uh, such a new investment fund? Oh, hi guys. Firstly, thanks for having me on the show. How do I feel about um, being taken over? I would say, I would say it, it was, it's been a big relief. Um, I think Raushan mentioned earlier that it's been, what, 14 years of hurt. Mm -hmm. um, so to finally get, um, to finally receive hope in the form of a takeover, I would say um, it's, a, it's a mighty relief. Yeah, we'll talk more about Newcastle, of course, during this segment. But uh, to add some balance and to possibly burst your bubble, uh, we've got a non-Newcastle United fan. Uh, this guy really looks quite familiar. Uh, I think I've seen him before. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Premier League show, Kabir. Thanks, thanks for having me. Um, a bit weird to be on this side of the table. La. <laughs> table, you sitting on sofa? <laughs> No, but I get what People you mean. Got four corner. <laughs> true, true, true. But uh, I, I've of course brought you in here because I mean we had a uh, discussion uh, after Newcastle United were taken over. The news came out. Uh, you had quite different things to say. We'll, we'll get to that a bit later on. Uh, but just want to also mention at this point that Terence is from the Newcastle United Supporters Club Singapore. Terence, uh, anyway, uh, new Newcastle United fans, not Confirm me. Got a lot. Uh, oh please, not surely they'll, you. They'll, Come on, you're in a jersey right now with me. See, man. Second yeah. person who said that, guys. Yeah. I mean. Uh, do you think people can join this club round? I mean, not me, uh, <laughs> but just asking for a friend. Sure, you know? asking, hashtag asking for a friend, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we um, currently right now, we're in the midst, we're, we're in the midst of getting everything um, up and running. Um, I got I, I got to admit, um, everything's taken a lull of sorts when COVID hit all of us. I mean, we used to gather every week at the Penny Black, which is also closing yeah, after 23 years. Yeah, ironically, it was announced the same day the takeover happened, exactly, right? Yeah, exactly, that's crazy, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, all of us were saying it was like it was like it was like a whirlwind of um of emotions. So um, we used to get at the penny black, but now we're in a bit of lao. But um, we are we can be found on Facebook, and I think that's where everyone should go to first. Um, look us up on Facebook, join us. We we have a group where we have a we have a group where everybody just chimes in. Um, you know, any every day on everything and everything Newcastle, and and it gets quite lively on match day. So, so it's so. Newcastle United Supporters Club Singapore that's on right. Facebook. Okay, www.facebook.com. <laughs> okay. After, <laughs> after the recording, okay, after after the recording. recording. Wait, wait, just on that group chat you talked about, what's been the chatter since the takeover happened? Why? It's it's really just okay. A lot of people are talking about. Wait, the um, display picture is now the shake or what? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, not the shake. <laughs> Sorry, Raven flag. Oh, better, <laughs> better than Amanda Steve Lee. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think that I think that might put off few people. Although that might get the wives on board. Go like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can support Newcastle <laughs> yeah. now. Oh, I'm sorry, Amanda. Please uh, still pump money to the club. Um, no, I think right now, what's going on now is um, everyone's speculating about where is the club going to go from here. I think Amanda has come out and said that the the mid the midterm plan is to win the Premier League in the next five to ten years. Um, right now, I think more immediately, what requires investment is the training ground and infrastructure and stuff. And I think that's where she's um, that's where she's gonna look into. But what the fans are talking about now are the usual transfer stuff, like you mentioned. Who you know, who can we sign? Who will we sign? Who's gonna come in as the new? Who's gonna come in as the new manager? Because very likely, Steve Bruce will be let go. Um, we just wonder whether before whether that's gonna happen before the Spurs game or after the Spurs game. Um, so yeah, it's really it's really fantasy fantasy stuff like that. 
Yeah, so we will talk about the the, the possible rumors in terms of not just the manager, uh, but the incoming players as well. But I just want to start off with Mike Ashley. Um, I've heard so many different fans. We've got, of course, our dear friend Matt, uh, who often talks about Mike Ashley, uh, not in flattery rent terms. Free. Rent free, rent free, rent free in your head, man. If you're listening to this, rent free. But, Time to let go. But why were Newcastle fans so upset with the ownership under? Uh, Mike Ashley. Tell us more about that firstly. Uh, why was there so much of discontentment? I think it's simply down to his management of the club or rather the lack of it. Um, I think he's let... Um, um, he came in with very grandiose, with a very grandiose idea of how things are going to be like. He thought it was going to be a play thing like a lot of the Premier League owners. Um, and he quickly found out that he was a little bit out of his depth, I think into his first season. Because if I don't remember wrongly, I think he came in, Sam Adderdice was the manager then, and he let Sam Adderdice go after, I think in the first, what, within the first 10 games of the of the season or something like that. And then things quickly went downhill from there because he thought Sam Adderdice wasn't the right person to bring Newcastle forward. But after that decision, things kind of just fell apart for him. And I think that's when he... Um, you know, mentally at least he checked out and he said, you know, I'm going to sell the club. And he's, he's been talking about it for years. Nothing's happened. And I guess the fans just, the fans just grew disillusioned. And what didn't help as well was um, a lack of communication from the top. So I think he really checked out and he just, and he just like didn't bother at all. And he only, I think the times when he really bothered was when the club was in danger um, or when we got relegated to the championship twice. Um, he started, you know, pumping money in to make sure we get back to the Premier League and become a sellable asset again. So I think the reason why a lot of fans are um, relieved that he's gone now is because of this. Yeah, so when you actually look at the managers over the years, the appointments over the years, some of them make sense. I think Chris Hutton, I think, did a fantastic job when he was in the championship. What about the eight-year contract? Yeah, so Alan some Pardew. of that, like Alan Pardew being given an eight-year contract, uh, Joe, Joe Kinnear uh, coming in. Twice. Twice. Yeah. Uh, one one in a coaching capacity, one as a director, I believe. Yeah, so all these decisions, I think, basically said, you know, this guy doesn't really know football, doesn't understand. I mean, you sack Rafa Benitez. Or, you know, you don't bother to keep him around. He's... Rafa Benitez is one of the top coaches in Europe, you know. Yeah. When you... I mean, that must be the final nail in the coffin, right? Yeah, and I often say this. I, I love Steve Rose because he's, of course, a former United uh, player. He's a legend of the club. But I understand where Newcastle United fans come from when they say, we don't want Steve Rose as the coach of the club. Uh, and I think he says a lot as well that for the last year or so, results haven't been fantastic, but he's still got the backing of... Mike Ashley, uh, which of course things might change now with the new management and all. But I think to Terence's point, right? Mm -hmm. I think Mike Ashley's uh, idea of good means stay in the Premier League because yes. then I can sell a Premier League club. So by Steve Bruce's standards, I mean Steve Bruce, that means his standards are very low. Last season, I think the end of the season, they had late Friday, kept themselves in the Premier League, job done for him. Uh. You know, that's all his, what he gets his bonus from, yeah. right? Yeah, do you think the, the, the first option or the first thing that Amanda Stafley and co do will be to get rid of Steve Bruce? Or do you think it's something else that should be the priority? Ah, oh, this is a difficult question because I think the problems at Newcastle are multifold. Um, I do think Steve Bruce is a bit of a liability. Um, I like him. He's he's a born and bred Geordie. He loves Newcastle United, um, albeit having managed Sunderland before. But he, in, in terms of tactical knowers, he's a bit of a dinosaur. And I think it shows when 
um, you know, when 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 you when you get to the post-match press conference and people start grilling him about, you know, the, his system for the game, what were his thoughts and all that, and he just and he and he cannot answer and he just gets really riled up about it. I think because he's from an era where no one really delved into the tactical systems and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's it's also been widely reported that he's more of a man motivator, a man manager rather than a tactical, uh, rather than a tactician. And so I think. In 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 the era that we in the era of football that we are in now, unfortunately, I think he's no longer relevant, so he has to go. But I do like him as a person and all that. This might be a little bit un- unpopular opinion. Um, but I think Ashley has made Mike Ashley has made a lot of bad decisions. Um, one of them, but but one of them is not the eight-year contract that Raushan had mentioned earlier. Um, and to my friend Matthew, if you're listening to this, <laughs> yes, I do not believe it was a bad decision. You can we're gonna argue by it until Kingdom come, but that is my point of view. The the reason why I didn't think it was a bad decision because was was because everybody talks about longevity in football. Everybody talks about a certain manager or a certain player not being given enough time before being shown the door, and I thought it was refreshing and also a bit comforting that. Someone like Alan Pardew was given an eight-year contract. But don't you think I agree in the long-term contract? But eight years. <sighs> no, you give even more is six years, right? Yeah. It seems like a weird amount. Eight is above that. Yeah. So I I I, I don't think it's weird to give a man. I completely understand your point about supporting and continuity yeah, and giving yeah, a yeah, long-term yeah, yeah. contract. But eight years seems like a very long time, especially in football, man. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, now, now that you mentioned that Moyes, is, Moyes only got six years when he was, what, you United manager, was yeah, it? Yeah. Right? I think it, it was a bit of a strange decision, but and, but I do also believe that it was a business decision because um, at the point in time, Party was just coming off a season where he was, where Newcastle finished fifth. Fifth, yes. Um, it, he won the LMA Manager of the Year award and so like, there was talk about him potentially becoming England manager, talk about him helping one of the lower opening for the commerce club at the time, you know, rise up to the top again. And I think Mike Ashley just thought, you know what? Slapping an eight-year contract on party would mean that any club who comes in wanting him will have to pay a certain amount of compensation and that's money in either my pocket or the club's pockets. Although I think it's his pockets, but yeah. Yeah, I just want to move on now uh, to the fact that there has been criticism from some quarters uh, in terms of Newcastle United's new ownership. Uh, and of course, that, that revolves around the whole Saudi Arabian yeah. element of things. Uh, yes, Premier League have come out to say that um, they have got assurances that uh, Crown Prince Mohamed Salman isn't involved in the deal. Uh, but again, it's quite contradictory because he sits on the board of PIF. Yep. Uh have you of course personally been affected by this? Do you do you see yourself saying, mm, yeah, Newcastle United have been taken over, but what now? Like am I supposed to support them? Am I not supposed to support them? How do you feel about it? Well I mean when when Muhammad bin Salman gave me a call the other day and said, hey, bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna confirm the deal already. Okay? Yeah, maybe Muhammad for Dawus were different 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 person. <laughs> yeah I mean um, I I personally am not bothered by it. Yes, I. But but I I think I got to lead off by saying I'm sorry to hear about what's going on in Saudi Arabia and all that. Um, I've I've visited the country before for work, and um, there's certain things that um there's there's certain aspects of their culture which some people may feel is a little backwards. Um, and I do apologize, and I and I do feel sorry for people um who get caught up in some of the um mentioned atrocities. But with regards to you know, purchasing a football club and taking over a football club. Um, I was reading, I was reading uh, an online interview with Rob Lee the other day, um, former Newcastle midfielder, um, and he was and he echoed something that I I thought was really, um, a a really poignant sentiment that 
um, a lot of a lot of owners in football aren't exactly like squeaky clean or like you know the girl or boy next door. I mean, um, without without dropping names for fear of defamation, um, some people are just as in you've got we've got a lot of controversies, and I think one has to look at um where the World Cup is going to be held next in twenty twenty two, and then it's in Qatar, where you know they have an equally shambolic human rights record, if not worse. Um, and still, you know, the World Cup's going to be taking place over there. So, um, it, it's 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 very sad uh, what's going on in Saudi Arabia. All that from a human perspective, but you know, with regards to the purchase and takeover, it's a business decision, and I'm looking and I'm looking at it from that point of view. Yeah, Kabir, I think it's time to bring you in. Uh, when we, of course, were discussing the fact that you know this is breaking news and all, uh, you you mentioned that you know you find it disgusting. For, yeah. for starters, uh, care to elaborate on why you feel this way? Firstly, I'd like to start by saying that I'm happy for you know Newcastle United fans that Mike Ashley's era, has, the Mike Ashley era has is gone, it's over. Yes. <laughs> I mean, as a United fan, I mean, United, the, yeah, there's Man a couple United, of Manchester yeah. United, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if the Glazers were to to sell the club, like okay, there were there were rumors that they wanted they go they were going to sell it to MBS. Yes, yes. At that time, I I did also think that it was disgusting. Muhammad bin Salman are not uh, Marina Bay Sands, correct? Oh, Thanks course, for the clarification. You still never know. Yes. Ultra Fight Casino. But yeah, this Muhammad bin Salman, I mean, of course, rumors again. I don't want to be you know, caught up in a lawsuit with him. <laughs> in case you're listening. In case you're listening <laughs> more, we're sorry. I got, I got nothing to... The, I got nothing to give him, Kabil but this is... and Terrence. <laughs> Deepan Roshan said nothing. <laughs> but this is a guy who came into power by by rounding up his family members who are who part of the royal family and then arrest them and then a rumoured to murder them just to be in power. So if you... if and remember that this, these are his uncles and his 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 uh sorry cousins, you know. So, not to mention the Khashoggi, the Khashoggi murders and all that. Would you want someone like that to to take over your club? Would you want someone that like that to have a say in football? Okay, then then I put it to you. If so, you mentioned right. I think uh we did have rumors that uh um he was going to take over United or he had an interest in taking over United, uh, Manchester United. If that move had gone through. Would you have stopped supporting Manchester United? I wouldn't stop supporting United. Manchester United. Stop. I will not stop. Oh, will not I stop will not stop supporting. Uh. But I will of course condemn MBS. And I maybe I would be turned off a bit. I wouldn't want someone who is spot spot washing his image by you know, buying over a Premier League club or by But what's you know, your take then to Terence's point that not everyone who swims in that sort of money is entirely clean? It's just that's true. They hide their stories better. That's, that's true. Yeah. The richer you are, the the easier it is for you to hide everything, right? But yeah, which is which 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 is my point, like I would not stop supporting the club, but I would be bloody disgusted. Like. Um to be to be to be affiliated by with with someone like Mohammed bin Salman, it's doesn't sit right yeah, with you. Yeah, it doesn't suit right with me. Like. And I don't know about I don't know if it if if it's just lip service that he says he's not gonna be involved and everything, but let it PIF is like the Tamasi of Saudi Arabia. Let's yeah. let's be clear. So Rin Fan lah. Yeah. Yeah. They wanna see if if you put money inside in, in there, they wanna see returns. Yeah. I, I is it is it confirmed that he's gonna not say anything? I mean he wants he wants to know where his money's going to, even though there's a lot. 
There's a yeah. lot of it going around, I mean, right? He won't be the face of it for sure, but I take your point. He will be part of the yeah. discussions, yeah. right? But, but yeah. you see, I think this is where where I, I feel um, strongly about, which is um, this whole PIF, it's not... Newcastle isn't their first purchase. They've got funds in, I believe, Facebook, uh, Disney, uh, Uber as well. So, I think WWE. Uh, Sorry WWE about the 50-man well? Royal Rumble. Ah, in yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so Disney, Uber, Facebook, and I think Starbucks as well, if I'm not wrong. So, uh, are these fans who, for example, Kabir, who are complaining about... When was the last time you got a Starbucks, bro? Oh, been a while, man. Okay. I always have my coffee when's at the, high, When's bro? the last time you logged on to Facebook? Just, just this morning. <laughs> yeah, so, no, so, no, not cornering you or anything, but no, no, you know, it's, no. it's unavoidable. Yeah, 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 basically, yeah, yeah. I'm saying it's yeah. unavoidable. If if a, a owner were to come in and buy the club that I support, can I actually say, like, look, I'm not going to uh, support this club anymore. I'm going to, like, move my support away and maybe, I don't know, uh, start supporting Sunderland, for example. Like, I don't think it works that way, but I, I agree with Kabir. I, I think definitely as football fans, we have a part to play in terms of speaking out when it matters. But then again, I say this, but I have not ever said anything publicly about Cristiano Ronaldo's allegations, for example. I celebrated the hell out of the move when he came to Manchester United, but you look at the allegations, the evidence, it's, thrown out. it's quite it's quite telling. It's quite telling. There's been evidence there and the court has been saying that like, uh, yeah, the evidence is there, but it was illegally obtained, so it won't pass through. So all these things are quite damning, but we have still celebrated. Yeah, but um, I think football fans think with their hearts, not with their heads. That's all it is. You 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 de- decide on your club, you feel the emotions through your heart. You're not going to... Ronaldo scored the late winner against Villarreal and United were, Manchester United were, I hate that I have to clarify now <laughs> Manchester United were absolutely bad in that game but you still celebrate yeah yeah. and similarly when as a takeover especially under Ashley and then now this you will celebrate because it's just freedom right and the promised land of money why not where the yeah. money comes from and, is a secondary conversation and for sure and I think a lot of the happiness uh, doesn't just stem from the fact that uh, these whole funds are available it's actually years and years of frustration uh, of seeing that club just languishing near the mid-table or even lower than that. I mean, can you imagine being a fan? We are Manchester United fans. We mourn about the fact that we finished fourth. We mourn about the fact that we are not gunning for titles. And then here's Newcastle United being a club just uh, surviving for the sake of it, you know? I uh, think that same Rob Lee interview, yeah? he said the best thing to happen to Newcastle since Bobby Robson was their manager and I agree because I grew up watching Newcastle regularly finish in the top four, compete in European competition and all that. Intertoto Cup was their specialty, bro, growing up. <laughs> it was crazy. But yeah, to your point, to drop off from that and languish, relegated twice. A club like Newcastle doesn't deserve to get relegated. And now to... I think that's why there's so much pain there that people are willing to look over this. When things get, If things get bad under new ownership, this will be the first card everybody plays, I'm sure. But for now, I think we can look over that card. Yeah, Terence, what, what do you have to say? Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible. I think I think a lot of football fans are um, superficial in that sense. I think um, they'll celebrate that this is a new hope, blah, 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 blah. But if, you know, hit, if shit starts to hit the ceiling fan again, then they'll be like, ah, oh, you know, poor human rights records. We don't want to be under such ownership and all that. But I return to what Roshan had mentioned earlier as well, um, that I think football fans have now, as in, I think there's only so much that football fans can take. Yes, um, deeps, we we all celebrate with our heart, like 
Like if it's Cristiano Ronaldo scoring the winner in the Champions League final, you'll still cheer even though like he had like some shady dealings and all that kind of thing. But I think I I want to bring us back also to what happened with the European Super League, the ESL. And I think and I think that the the scenes that happened after the announcement when people started saying, you know, we'll 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 we we're not gonna support the club anymore, blah, 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 blah. I think it shows that football fans still have that little bit of conscience. But I think because because it's football, right? I think a lot of a lot of them a lot of them default to just wanting to see good things happen on the pitch and willing to forget about what's going on. Your point about ESL, okay, Chelsea and Man United Man United fans, they stormed the pitch, they they had some that those protests. Let's say Newcastle was part of that. Yeah. Or something in the future that something similar were to happen. would the fans would would the fans have the same voice? Or will Mohammed bin Salman with that power, that influence Will he just silence everyone? I, I mean, will the hearts? I, yeah, it's true, right? Will will the fans even have a voice? Like let's say let's I let me paint you a scenario. Let's say, um, FFB. Yeah. Newcastle for sure. You, you guys are gonna break some rules. Uh, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> let let's say let's say you as um, um a Premier League CEO or yeah, maybe yeah. UEFA president yeah. or something. In you are in a boardroom. Yeah. Discussing this, and at the end of the room is Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah, he's gonna he's, he's gonna offer you an offer that you, you, can't, you can't refuse. You can't refuse. Scarface, you know? yeah, <laughs> Scarface. Bro. For some reason, right, the Borat movie comes to <laughs> <laughs> Borat. Uh, what movie is it? Dictator comes to that that hand sign at the neck. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this kind of thing. Sheikh, if Sheikh Mansour, who is a peasant compared to MBS, can get away with shit like that, then. I mean, MBS, it's easy for him like, to get away with all these things. So, on a bigger picture, football is going to hurt a little bit, like, mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. I, I think, right, that, that what I can say, uh, I would say is that at the end of the day, I think football is a game that we all love. Uh, we definitely want our clubs to do well, uh, no matter what, I would say. Uh, I say no matter what because I think that's really the reality of things because yes, you can say, uh, I can say, I can sit here and say, oh, Ronaldo, oh, how, how can he do that? But like I said, I still celebrate his move. I still love the fact that he's come back to United as our uh, home talent even, I would say. So I think it's not easy for fans to suddenly, you know, take a sit back and then and say, oh, I don't agree with this. You know, I think it's not easy at all uh, because like you mentioned, which is a very, very strong point, that every club, I, I dare say every club, even in Singapore, uh, you have owners who you don't quite agree with the things that they're doing, but they are the owners of your club. Do you have the money to fork out to to buy over uh, the club? <laughs> of course not. You can have your say, but your say doesn't always matter at the end of the day. As a group collective, yeah, as fans have a voice, but I just feel that you can feel uh, disillusioned with the new ownership and all, but you still got to support the club because you know it still is Newcastle United at the end of the day. What do you think? Um... I think Kabe, I think Kabe has a point. I think if it was Newcastle in that whole ESL saga, you know what what would they do and all that? Um, I think it really depends on the size of the Saudi embassy, lah, bro. How many people can how many people can be called up? <laughs> <laughs> you 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 can't you can't kill the entire town, lah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think I think with this Saudi saga, right? I think what 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 people are doing now, as in what what a lot of observers are are doing now, is linking both football and and Saudi Arabia as a nation with whatever is done together. But I think, and and I'm not speaking from a, I'm not speaking just from the perspective of a Newcastle fan. I'm speaking from I'm I'm trying to be as objective as I can. I think what we all need to do is to separate these two things. Yes, there might be the intention that Saudi Arabia wants to spot wash its reputation and all that. But I mean on. Uh, 
but at the at the, at the at the core of this, it's really just a business decision still. And I mean, I I think you'll be disgusting if let's say if let's say the halftime entertainment now is like some. It's like I don't know, maybe a maybe a maybe a killing squad or something like that. Ah, you know, they, I think they, I think that would be disgusting. Mm. Squid Games or what? What's going on? Say like belly dancers. Or what? <laughs> yeah, I, I, where you know, I think the fans wouldn't mind if it, was, if it were belly dancers. But yeah, it could be Squid Games, you know, like wow, you know, you got to run until when you see the red light, then you stop and all that. But I mean, yeah. So if we get to that point, then yes, I think it's a bit. It, it's it's it, it will be a bit atrocious. But I think right now we just got to see it as a business decision, lah. Do you think that maybe it's just a tool for him to spot wash his image and Saudi's image towards the Western world? Possible. 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 I think I think that is possible. Um, I wouldn't put it past um, PIF and MBS and Saudi Arabia as a whole. Um, but I guess the same can be said for a lot of other business decisions as well. Uh, I mean, um, buying, into, buying into entities that um, a lot of people use on a daily basis is really a way of doing that as well. Like what, um, like what Rausha mentioned earlier just now. I mean, PIF had stake in what? Facebook, Uber, Starbucks and stuff like that. And, um, and we use all those as well. But we don't feel like, hey, we are supporting, you know, hey, we, are, we are supporting Saudi Arabia or their human rights record or that, you know, we, we will immediately forget about what Saudi Arabia has done out there. I would like to think that we can compartmentalize these things. It's, it's, I, I wish things were as um as as simple and black and as black and white but unfortunately I, 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 I was waiting for oh! him to say black and white you know <laughs> I bet you when he said that he didn't even realize <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got sucker punch right into that but it was a good one it was a good one no but, but I think right like uh, I would say what's important is I think fans uh, shouldn't be hypocrites I would say I think generally because you we talk about the ESL for example the only reason why it didn't take off was because the fans, you know, were in such uproar about it. But clearly the intentions show that your own fans, I mean, your own owners at United, Chelsea, they aren't the cleaners of people as well. They are in it for the money. So if you are okay with that, then I think you shouldn't draw a line and say, oh, that is fine, but uh, the moment you kill a journalist, it's wrong. Because I think these are all wrongs. It's just about how wrong they are. Uh, I think we still support the clubs as much as we used to, even before or after the ESL drama. Uh, let's move away from the owners for a bit now. I just want to talk about uh, one last thing when it comes to Newcastle United, which is, of course, now the rumours that are going on about, right? What I like about the rumours, actually, is the fact that these rumours that are coming out of Newcastle United and all don't seem to be... Yes, of course, the the, the general media you know, has been talking about Mbappe, has been talking about uh, Erling Haaland and all. But in terms of the managers, there's been like Graham Porter, who's been linked, uh, Eddie Howe has been linked. Frank Lampard, mm. yeah, Lucien Favre. It, it seems uh. to me like there are real football people uh, involved at the heart of these decisions that is going to be made at Newcastle if these main rumours are to be believed. Do you think that way? Do you think that uh, the people in charge at Newcastle, whoever Amanda is hiring, have football at heart and know what they're doing? Do you feel that way based on the rumours? Well, I hope so. I mean, the the, the rumours, um, as in ever since news of this takeover came out, I think in last year, um, there's been talk about um, how Rafa Benitez at the point in time when he was still manager um, was consulted. You know, sorry, I think, was he still manager? No, no, no. He left already, but he, he was apparently consulted about a few transfer targets because he was their main managerial target and stuff like that. So I like to think there are a few football people in Amanda Stafley and the P and the consortium's camp advising them on what to do. Although if they, if they were the same type of footballing people as me, I probably wouldn't recommend Frank Lampard at this time. Yeah, yeah he wouldn't be top of my list either. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's um, I, I think like what you guys mentioned. I think those um, as in 
we talk about as in fantasy targets aside, I think a lot of these people are attainable targets. Um, I think Lucien Favre and Eddie Howe are right now out of jobs. And I think so bringing to them a project like that would be something that's appealing to them. Um, Frank Lampard as well for for all that I say, I, th- I do think he has a few merits and stuff like that. So yeah, I think I think it's good that it's good that they are attainable targets and not just, you know, plucking your Mbappes and your Haaland's out of thin air. So I think it's good. Yeah, they might have a few footballing people there and I, and I hope it... So who's it's... your ideal target for a manager to come in? I, I see your point about Steve Bruce and being a nice guy maybe doesn't deserve the yeah, sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, he's the manager. He's the face of Newcastle. Yeah. And how do you make a statement as a new owner? You can't change your old squad. So the manager has to go, right? Exactly. So I think he will be gone sooner rather than yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I even think, and I tweeted about this, right? Uh, I'll be shocked if he's in the dugout for the Spurs game. Yeah. yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. For the Spurs game? Yeah, for the Spurs game. Yeah. I, I, this weekend? Yeah, yes. I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if he's there. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the word on the street as well. Um, I think increasingly it looks like he would be let go before the Spurs so, game. Then you have a caretaker, obviously. Yeah, then yeah. I think Graham Jones. Uh. Yeah, I think I think I think the word is that Graham Jones would, would likely step up. I know a few fans want Graham Jones to be given a chance. Um I personally do not fancy him as a manager because I think previously he's um he did some time as Luton Town manager and I think they didn't really like him and he and he floundered and a little Newcastle bit Newcastle are fully in a relegation battle early days yet seven games only yeah but of seven games they haven't won yeah three draws four losses yeah 16 conceded so they got three points so this next appointment is crucial not just for Newcastle as a club but for the new investors as well so then who Personally, I would like someone like Eddie Howe. I think Eddie Howe is young. The one who got relegated with Bournemouth? Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. But then again, it seems like every manager has gotten relegated. And I would like to put this in for all Newcastle fans listening. Rafa Benitez got relegated as well. Albeit taking charge for just 10 games, but he did get relegated as well. So um, I like someone like Eddie Howe. Um, I, I would primarily, as a fan, I primarily hope that Newcastle get a coach who is, or rather a head coach or manager who is young, um, you know, refreshing and... And 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 tactically, you want Gavin Lee's number? Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> and and of course, Eddie Howe has worked with uh, Callum Wilson, uh, Matt Ritchie, yeah. and, and Ryan, uh, Fraser. Ryan Fraser. Yep. So yep. so got some kind of uh, uh, tendons there to to know to get how to get the best out of these yeah, players. Correct, yeah, correct, right. And, and that was where that was that was where I was coming from as well. I think because Newcastle fans haven't seen the best of Ryan Fraser. Um, he's had a very strange um, start to life at Newcastle so far. He came in injured. Played one game and then out injured again. The coach, um, Steve Bruce keeps claiming that he's he's not fit and all that. But you see him turning out for Scotland for 60, 70 minutes at least. And you go like, hang on a minute, what's going on? You know, fit enough for Scotland in an international game, but you know, not fit enough for Newcastle. So, I mean, hopefully, yeah, someone like, someone like Eddie Howe, someone who's young and has refreshed tactical ideas. What about you, Raushan? From the outside looking in, who do you think uh, will be a good appointment at Newcastle United? Yeah, I don't think this will happen, but I would just like to see it. I think Steven Gerrard has done a fantastic job at Rangers. I don't know whether he will come to any other Premier League club apart from returning home to Liverpool. But he's one of those managers who possibly has achieved everything he possibly can at Rangers. Maybe he wants a new challenge. So he might come over to Newcastle. Another one I thought of actually while I was showering before coming here. Yes, yeah, so I thought about Newcastle while showering. Rent free, bro. Rent free. These are like worse than me, only. I didn't think about Newcastle United when I was showering. Uh, I hope you're only showering. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I think Brandon Rogers, because I think Leicester are having such a torrid time that maybe it might go south and he might leave. And he seems like an astute manager who deserves some backing. So why not Brendan Rodgers? Just putting it out there. Yeah. yeah. Just just before we end the chat, of course, uh, I've checked out the 
next manager odds uh, for Newcastle United. Lucien Favre seems to be the bookmaker's favourites, uh, followed by Antonio Conte. Uh, and then Roberto Martinez, who's of course uh, managing at Belgium, uh, followed by Steven Gerrard, Eddie Howe, and last, uh, quite long odds at 14-1, to 1, it's Graham Potter, who is doing a fantastic job at Brighton. Any of these names uh, that you really like besides Eddie Howe? Graham Potter? I think he... I think his Brighton team has been unfairly labelled as a failure because they play very good football. Unfortunately, they don't have... They don't have the finishing quality, the, the quality up front to just finish off a game or finish off chances. So if it's not Eddie Howe, then Graham Potter for me. Um, I I like some of the names that they have dangled. Um, Raushan, I think you mentioned earlier Steven Gerrard. I do agree that Steven Gerrard is someone who's up and coming. But my personal my personal issue with Steven Gerrard is that I think he's lacked the ability to trans to to, to build a winning mentality in his team. Like um, they've had. They've had some form of collapse in every, in 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 the competitions that he's been he's been in. Yes, he did well enough to drag Rangers through to the uh, to the SPL title, SPL SPL title. Um, but you know, I mean, in the in the Europa League, he he, he kind of floundered against um Slavia Prague. Slavia Prague. Yeah. Well, wow, already thinking about Europe, right? This Newcastle yeah. fan. Yeah, <laughs> we start small, right? Europa League first. We're not even talking about conference because that's where crappy teams experts are, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, I mean, I, I don't think Steven Gerrard has. I think he needs to refine that a little bit more, the ability to build a winning team. Um, you know, then if you talk about building a winning team, Antonio Conte is that. But personally, I don't like his I don't like his style of football. I think it's very he's he's a results oriented guy. Um kind of like kind of like Jose Mourinho actually. And but, isn't that what businessmen want? Results. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But if you're talking about making a statement, being new owners and all that, I think you likely want to keep fans entertained. Because at the very least, that's what all all of us grew up on, right? Newcastle playing entertaining football. So yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh time to wrap things up. Uh we have now got to look at the matches of the weekend as the English Premier League resumes with match day eight after the international break. Right, this is Who's Next, where we look ahead to matches in the Premier League while also picking out some FPL assets to consider. For the forthcoming campaign, Live Now will offer single match passes for the Premier League and provide a flexible option for football fans in Singapore with the ability to purchase pay-per-view passes for one fixture per match week. And we know you fellas listening in love a good giveaway, as do we, to be honest. This one I think don't need to look at script anymore. <laughs> huh? So don't forget to go to our Instagram or Facebook page at TFinalWhistle to find out how you can win three free Premier League match passes each week for yourself. And it's a good one this week as well. Live Now's featured match of this week is Leicester City against Manchester United. All right. Uh, this is for me a, a really, really interesting game because United are in quite a bit of a pickle at the moment in terms of performances over the last few games. Uh, the defeat to Aston Villa followed by the draw against Everton. Uh, do you see this game as one where United have the perfect chance to bounce back? Because Leicester City are, are known to be one of the better clubs in the English Premier League. Yes, form hasn't been great. But a win here against Leicester City because this is the start of our um, busy, I would say, or, or difficult fixture list. Do you think a win here then sets up us nicely uh, and puts away all the negativity from the past few weeks? Uh, I think any form of win will put away some negativity. Anything less than a win will then start heaping the negativity again. But I don't think it's going to be easy against Leicester. Yep, they are struggling for form this year quite clearly as the table suggests, but Jamie Vardy is still top scorer or one behind Mo Salah or something like that. So he is still a threat. And with the injuries United have in defence, uh, Maguire is not 100% fit. Varane possibly limped out for France. is not going to be 100% fit. It might be a struggle. 
And I'm looking at the fixture list for Manchester United. They have to win, man. It's as simple as that. Leicester City, then they have Atlanta, Liverpool, Tottenham, Atlanta City, Manchester City. So, yeah, they have they to win. They have Arsenal somewhere in there as well. Uh, They got Chelsea and then Arsenal. In between, they got Watford and Villarreal. Wow. But, yeah, it's a Saturday 10 o'clock kickoff. I'm just grateful it's not a 7.30 kickoff because the past two 7.30 kickoff have really fucked over my weekends. Yeah, for same, same, same for me as well. Uh, Terence, just want to bring you in. Uh, you look at Leicester City and you look at Manchester United. Would you say that these two teams uh, are very similar in the sense of where you think they might end up uh, this season? Because Leicester City, before this season started, we were talking about them as like a, a dark horse again, right? Because they're always in and around the top four, the fifth or sixth kind of category. Uh, but even though I, I don't rate Brendan Rodgers as a manager, but do you think United, with the squad that they have, should have started the league much better than they have? And does the same apply for Leicester as well? I think it, I think the answer is yes. I think both have been a little underwhelming, which is why Deeps is wearing a Newcastle jersey and saying United all and all this that. fake news. Third though. time is being said on the pod. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, you 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 look at the you, you look at the Arsenal that 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 Man United have. They have what Sancho. Oh, this guy is Marshall. Mr. Puns, no? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and and and, it, and unfortunately, they are doing a little bit of an Arsenal right now. I think results haven't been haven't been the way they should be. Um, the play has been a little the play has been a little start stop as well. It's a little jittery and all that. Um, I think the same goes for Leicester. I did think that they were a dark horse as well, but yeah, things just haven't picked up for them, and I. And I think they both need a win. Both of them need to go for the win. Yeah, Kabir, just want to get you in. Of course, you're a United fan. Uh, Manchester, Manchester United, United fan. Manchester United uh, fan. How have you found the, the start to the season from a United perspective? Because, uh, of course, Raushan here feels that, you know, they should have started much better. And I agree with that fundamentally. I think performances have been bad. Uh, but you seem to have a bit more patience in the sense of you You feel that it's been okay and you feel like uh, United will get will catch up as the season goes on. Uh, do you brand this Leicester City game as a must-win fixture? I disagree with you because I don't. I I don't consider this a good start. This is not a good start. Uh, the performances has been have been have been weak. They have been um some sometimes quite boring. I don't know what. There's no direction sometimes. But yeah, I I I have the patience to see this one through. I'm not only out yet. Uh, Roshan, I think I know you are. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Just my leg in the swimming pool. <laughs> I will tell you in November. <laughs> yeah, I'm not only out yet, lah. So I, yeah, I, I hope that, I hope that performances pick up, uh, results come. But this is such a slippery fixture, man. Uh, Leicester, if the if there is any match for Leicester to come and um get the season back on track, is this one? It's this one. A wounded United, they got so many injuries. Performances have been shit. Uh, the negativity is there. If Leicester can just get one, one or two goals, then I think things will change for them, lah. But of course, don't don't count United out, man. Manchester United. Just just wanna throw this to to everybody here in this room, which is the fact that United, like uh, Russia mentioned, right? Like uh, Varane is out, Maguire is out. Uh, do we then expect a victory from this game based on that? Like, do we think that, uh, given the fact that I think probably Lindelof will play and uh, maybe Bayi might play, do you think that gives uh, Ole a bit of an excuse? that, okay, this game, if it's a draw, is also seen as a good result. But what do you think about that? Uh, Ole might say that in the post-match if, if we end up dropping points. But I think you cannot say that considering the current climate that is surrounding Manchester United. A lot of negativity, a lot of uncertainty. You're going into such a difficult period. 
of the calendar year, I mean the season. So you need to put in a good result. And yes, we talk about the def- defensive deficiencies, but going forward, United are still very exciting. You still got Sancho who looked really good against for England. You got Rashford coming back. You got Greenwood who is bang on form. You got Ronaldo who always has a goal in him. You got Cavani. You see, we talk about defense, we talk about attack, but we don't have a midfield to talk of. So that that is possibly where against a good Leicester City midfield, midfield yeah. we could struggle. But United need to go for a win. Nothing less will do. All right, then I've got to ask this important question to everybody here, of course. Uh, what are your predictions for this game? Uh, and maybe who might score the first goal? You start lah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go last. Roshan first. No, we have guess. Guess first. Yes, Kabir first. Um, I think it's going to be high scoring. Uh, maybe three two United. Okay, and who gets the first goal? Wadi. Hmm. Okay. Terence. Well, with the reluctance of everybody in this room, uh, you, you you wonder whether they're Man U fans. Maybe they're all thinking of coming over to Newcastle. <laughs> Only one United. Glazers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I have to warn you. Eh? <laughs> I, I actually think United will nick this one. Um, I, I, I was thinking about the fixtures just, just a while back and I realised that United have been playing teams that were set up to defend against them. Even Southampton with with a progressive manager of sorts in Ralph Hauser-Guter, right? Um, um, and so... Um, they've won. They, they won the first game emphatically against Leeds, um, against Wolves when Wolves were, were were attacking and open. They won as well, and I think Leicester is a team under Brendan Rodgers who does not know how, does not know how to defend or pack the bus. They only know one way to play, and that's attack. And I think United will win. So, to me, I think, I think two 0 to United. I think Cavani to get the first goal. Okay, Roshan. two 0 to United. Ah, huh? wow. I will go one one. 1-1. One, one. And who gets the first goal? 1-1 uh, one, one and uh, Tillmans will get the first goal. You guys have been uh, quite fair with your predictions, uh, but uh, I actually think it'll be a 2-2 two, two draw. Uh, I don't see United winning this simply because uh, United are going to concede goal. So to me, no way United keep a clean sheet in this game. Terence said 2-0, uh, right? Yeah, I don't think United will keep a clean sheet. I'll yeah, be shocked. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be happily shocked, but I don't see that happening because uh, like you mentioned, uh, Leicester City, they like to play also on the front foot. Yes, there have been games they've set back actually, uh, but I think with Vardy, they'll look to get in behind the defence and United's defence has given lots of space up uh, in terms of how they've been playing. So I expect United to be high up the pitch in Leicester's half. So that gives Vardy a lot of space to run into. Uh, I can see him getting at least one goal. So I'm also going with him uh, to score the first goal um, I'll be I'll be shocked if United get more than one point in this game. But having said that, I also don't see them losing simply because of that of the away record. I think it's still intact yeah. in uh, in Premier League. Uh, we lost in the Champions League to to Young Boys, but in the Premier League, their record is still intact. So uh, fascinating game to look forward to. And of course, uh, you can watch this game on live now. Uh, all you got to do is pay ten dollars. You don't have to find uh, a dodgy stream. Uh, this is a good stream to get from live now. So $10. Or take part in the quiz and try and win the Yeah, or take ticket. part in the quiz uh, on Instagram and you can get yourself a free match pass. Uh, moving on to other games of the match week. And of course, the weekend starts with actually quite a tasty fixture. Huh? 7.30pm kickoff this on Saturday. And that's Watford at Upset home. Upset alert. Uh, of course, under new management, uh, Claudio Ranieri taking on Liverpool. Uh... I think a few seasons back, I remember when Liverpool were in that title-winning season, if I'm not wrong. Uh, Watford, of course, caused a huge upset. It was a 3-1 win uh, against Liverpool. And I remember Ismail Sa got uh, a brace in that game. 
Uh, given the fact that it's a new manager in charge, uh, Raushan, you told me just now uh, before the recording that you see this one uh, being an upset. Simply, is it because of a new manager bounce or you just feel that uh, Watford are good squad, have the good players? No, no. I think it certainly will be the new manager bounce that I possibly think there's upset on the cards. I mean, I'm always going to plump for Liverpool losing, let's be honest here. But... Really, for this one, I think Claudio Ranieri looks like a dilly-dong. I like Claudio Ranieri. Like, you know, it would be nice for him to get his... Suddenly, got the Italian accent come out. I told you, I might go holiday, all right? Just preparing. But anyway... It would be nice for Ranieri to kickstart his Watford tenure with a big result against Liverpool. And when big clubs come back from international breaks, there's a whole lot of worry on player fitness. And we know about the South American contingent that Liverpool have and the players that might be possibly missing. So if there was ever going to be an upset, this might be a chance and I'm plumping for Watford here. Terence, what about you? Do you see uh, Watford causing an upset against Liverpool? Not a chance. I mean, Watford Watford have been somewhat horrendous this season. I think that's why they let go of Cisco. Um, against Newcastle earlier, Newcastle should have buried them, but instead... They're they... four points clear of Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> but in that game, it should have been our first win. We we found a way to not win. I don't know how, how I don't know how Newcastle does that. We are kind of like the experts, but we found a way on, on not winning. But, I mean, you look at Watford, I think the only bright spark they have is Ismana Sa. Yeah, so he might yeah. get a goal this time, but I think overall the squad cannot compare to what Liverpool have. I think Liverpool should still win this. Kabe, I'm not sure whether you agree with me on this point, but uh, as an opposing point to Raushan Singh's a new manager bounce, but new manager, of course, brings in new ideas, right? So this squad who have been so used to playing a certain way under Cisco suddenly now have to adapt to Ranieri style. Uh, do you think the first game will come too early for that? Do you think that might cause a bit of confusion amongst the ranks and this gives Liverpool uh, a good chance to really go out there and get an emphatic victory? Um, I thought you were going to ask me like a prediction or so. I already had one in mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, actually I agree with that. Lah. I mean... Liverpool are Liverpool. They're gonna score. They're gonna score if even even if you like park like twelve people, thirteen people mm. behind like, But I you know. can only play eleven, bro. I know, bro. I know. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphorically. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. Continue, please. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, Ranieri will bring something different, something fresh. Um, of course, Klopp might not know how to at the start. The, the Liverpool team might not know how to break that down. But I think they will. They'll be fine, lah. I mean, they, with the depth that they have, they got. They still got. They, have, they still have Salah. I don't think money is injured. Uh, the South Co- South American of Korean, eh? South American contingent. I think only Allison and Fabinho, right, won't be playing. Fabinho is still gonna go there and play. Uh, Jota is it? Jota is not playing. I think Jota is. Uh, I think he injury pulled out, right? Yeah, yeah injury yeah. out. Yeah. But I think they'll be fine, lah. Uh, I think if a new manager. I think Klopp will find find a way, lah. Definitely. One one aspect I wanted to talk about in terms of FPL is the fact that, of course, uh, I'm I'm one of those idiots in in the FPL world that hasn't got uh, Mo Salah in my fantasy team. Uh, I've of course of course made moves to bring him in this week, uh, which of course means he's gonna blank right uh, against Watford. Uh, but do you think that this game is one where people might look at Liverpool assets to captain? Uh, their players. Terence, I want to come to you for this. Are you looking at any of your Liverpool players to possibly throw the cap- uh, captain armband on them? Well, I, I was just gonna, I, I wanted to add on to what you say. I think you're one of two people who do not have Mo Salah in the team because I'm the other one who doesn't all have right, Mo Salah in the team. Alright, how way the lads? Yeah, and all my friends have been giving me shit. 
<laughs> they, give me, they be like, why don't you put more Salah? That's why you got like 10, you got like 10 points that week. I go like, yeah, fuck, man, 10 points. Um, But I think it, it makes sense to bank on someone like Mo Salah. So, I think, but are you going to bring him in? Or? I think I think I would. I might just cave now. Um, It it, it seems inevitable that he was gone. I think it's just, a, it's just a matter of how many. You look at, you look at his display against Man City and and that goal. You know? Oh my god! Yeah, you know, and imagine him still not player of the month for some reason. Yeah, very weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you imagine him going up against Watford, not a chance. I think I think he's the one, the captain. Oh, okay. Well, uh, next game, of course, is I was going to ask you that later on. Uh, who the definitive <laughs> captain was going to be? <laughs> but but yeah, thanks, Terence. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the next game, of, of course, is uh Southampton at home against Leeds oh, United. Cracker, this one. Uh, quite a quite a good game to look forward to. Uh, speaking of good games to look forward to, we've got Norwich City against Brighton. <laughs> what Set a game! Your alarms, bro. <laughs> what a game for Saturday ten pm. Next week, only when he pack the jersey. What jersey? You mean uh, Manchester United? Or? Uh, and then we've got Aston Villa at home against uh, Wolves. That's also a Saturday ten pm kickoff. Uh, another game I want to highlight right now is of course. Manchester City against Burnley. Um, if I remember correctly, this game always turns out to be the same scoreline year after year. Five million. <laughs> uh, and, and so that, of course, begs the question uh, in terms of uh, FPL standpoint. Do you now bring in City players? Because I know a lot of uh, FPL managers have got City defenders, uh, whether that be Ruben Diaz or Cancelo. Um, do you think it's time now to pick uh, FPL Man City attacker but then the question is who right yeah so so who uh, I've who been survives a, the Pep roulette oh I've been a little scarred um, because I, I took Man City players at the start and I think they just did me over a very good one so <laughs> I'm a bit scarred but if you look at if you look at their form players I think Jesus uh, Gabriel Jesus mm, yeah. um, will he be available but that's yeah. So that so that's the next yeah. question whether or not you'll be available um, but based on his Premier League display so far I think he did well against Chelsea um, and I think he's looked lively so far, and because he's the main striker now, I expect him to to be able to, to be banging those five goals in against Burnley if that scoreline remains again. What about you, Roshan? Uh, do you think people should get City defenders because it's against Burnley, a very high possibility of keeping a clean sheet, or do you look at City and say they're going to whoop Burnley and we should go for a tackle? Addressing the question about defence first, I'm just looking at a record here of the head-to-head between these two clubs. Since 2018, they faced off like eight times and Burnley has scored one goal. <laughs> and I don't, I cannot count. We'll be still talking on this podcast for too long if I count the City goals. So I'll definitely plan for a City defender because okay. I think it's a shoe-in. I talked it, about it last podcast. Cancelo, uh, Cancelo, Cancelo, I don't know, Cancelo. Cancelo. <laughs> Cancelo has to come in. Tasty player. You know, outside foot pass all I mentioned last <laughs> oh, year. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think definitely Cancelo comes in for me. Attackers, yeah, I don't know who's going to survive Pep Roulette. Yes, Jesus seems like a, a good option. But then is he going to survive the COVID roulette, the quarantine roulette? Who knows? Grealish comes to mind because he seems to be a mainstay in that forward line for them. But I'm not going to break the bank to bring him in. Lah. Yeah. Actually, I'm surprised you didn't mention one name. And it's a guy who definitely will have City's defence locked up. And it's, of course, Benjamin Mendy, uh, who's in prison, locked up at the moment. Uh, but I want to talk about one player in particular, and that's, of course, Ferran Torres, right? Because uh, we know that he's uh, he's listed as a midfielder on FPL, uh, but has played up front a few times for Manchester City, but hasn't been in the lineup in the last few games. Uh, would you call me a madman if I were to risk it and put him in my team and even throw the armband on him? Because I've seen this on a few 
FPL Twitter accounts that they have that some of these FPL guys are doing it. Uh, do you think it's worth the risk or just don't go there? I think it's worth the risk. Um, I think Ferran, yeah, I think Ferran Torres has an eye for goal. Yeah, you could quote me on that, and then you know what? <laughs> Two things, ah, Salah, captain. He say now for <laughs> I'm making a list. <laughs> Very soon, I start going to the keepers and like, yeah, you should keep, you should, you should, you should put captain. Who's Bernie's keeper again? Uh, Billy, uh, Billy uh, right? Huh? Nick Pope. Oh, Nick Pope. Yeah, uh, you should captain Nick Pope, Ben. You should captain Nick Pope. <laughs> you may never know, bro. I mean, we, we were talking about this. Uh, I think of City against Southampton, no? We were talking about, oh, you should get a City uh, attacker. And then you gave a nil-nil, right? And it was a nil-nil draw. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to rule it out as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I do think this Man City-Burnley fixture is a good one to look at uh, if you want to have a FPL differential. And uh, boy, do I need one. Uh, moving on to the next game, of course, Brentford against Chelsea. Kabir, I want to come to you for that first. Uh, Brentford, what a breath of fresh air they have been for the Premier League. Uh, this is, of course, a Saturday night, Sunday morning, 12.30 a.m. game. Uh, do you see this one being an upset? I think they could shock Chelsea. Maybe maybe a draw. Maybe maybe they get one point. Um, they, like you said, they're fresh. They're confident. They have a decent defence. So I think probably get a draw, but maybe nil-nil or 1-1. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, I don't think Lukaku will score. Is he even playing? Uh, he's apparently got muscle, muscle fatigue. Uh, yeah. So you got Lukaku, right? Get him out. Put in Salah, bro. Hey. hey. <laughs> Tips for you, bro. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of Lukaku, good good point to to mention, right? I mean, uh, I won't be bringing him out just unless it's like really doubly confirmed that he's not going to be playing. But his strike partner has been on good form, and that's of course Timo Werner. And Russia, I'm not sure if you remember, but early on in the season, well, when he wa- wasn't getting games, I did say that uh, if you play Werner with Lukaku, I think Werner is going to be a good FPL asset to consider. And of course, I I never m- bothered with that because why get in a player who isn't playing, right? But then uh, I think a few nights ago for Germany as well, he scored a brace. So he's on he's on good form at the moment. Yeah, he's, found, you, he's worked his way back into Tuchel's yeah, mind, right? Yeah, so, so like like Kabir mentioned, right? Take out Lukaku, even though he's half joking. Should people be considering taking out Lukaku and replacing him with uh, Timo Werner at the moment? I think uh, you can take out Lukaku of your lineup, not of your team, because there might be an injury doubt. But I don't think you should be taking... Lukaku out of your lineup entirely, especially not for Werner, purely because Lukaku is still the main man there. And when you look at Chelsea's run of fixtures, they he will get goals. He as he's always a flat track bully. I, Lukaku for me doesn't show up in big games, but he'll score in the against the lesser teams with all due respect. And I think that's why when you look at Chelsea's run of fixtures, it'll be a bit harsh to take Lukaku out now because I think he will eventually get the goals. I mean, I'm looking at it now, Brentford. Then you got Malmo in the cup, Norwich, Southampton, Newcastle, Burnley. So those are run of fixtures that could boost Lukaku's points gaining abilities. So keep him. Yeah. Uh Terence, I want to come to you for something else about Chelsea, which is the fact that uh right now they have a new problem, right? I would say I, I would call it a happy problem, but uh they have to decide between Marcos Alonso and uh, Ben Chilwell for the left wing back spot. Uh Chilwell, of course, scored in last game week in the Premier League uh against Southampton. Uh, and he got on a score sheet for England uh, during the midweek game uh, against Andorra. So do you think right now, with so many FPL managers having, uh, I keep wanting to say Fernando Alonso, having Marcos Alonso in their team, do you think it's time now to look at Chilwell as an option for your 
FPL teams. Well, I, I, I spoke, I spoke about this with uh, a friend of mine who supports Chelsea, and he told, and he told me that Tuchel is someone who likes to rotate. So there is a chance that Ben Chilwell will come in, but that's the same. That's the same. I thought of um, Reece James as well, and mm. Reece James hasn't been back in the team ever since he got red carded. So um, I would say I would stick with Marcos Alonso if if he was in my team. Okay. Going on to Sunday's games, also another, wow, there's a lot of good games this weekend in the Premier League. This is, of course, Everton at home against West Ham. Uh, I'm sure plenty of people will be expecting some kind of output from Demarai Gray and Andrews Townsend, who seem to be quite good buys for... And Mikel Antonio as well. Yeah, Mikel yeah. Antonio as well for, mm. for West Ham. Uh, and then, of course, the 11.30 kickoff on Sunday is, of course, uh, Newcastle United at home against Tottenham Hotspur. Um... Like like I mentioned, right, I'll be surprised to see Bruce there and all. And this, this of course, begs the question, uh, will Newcastle United players be fired up uh, for this fixture, you think? Because I know, I saw on Twitter that this game has been sold out. Uh, the St. Uh, James Park has been sold out for this game. Uh, do you expect this energy from the crowd to drive Newcastle onto a surprise three points? I do. St. James's Park is, has always been a funny place to play football, especially if you're the opposition. Um, the, the energy that will be generated from the fans who are now happy instead of just chanting we want Bruce out um, I think would drive the team forward Tottenham has always been a team that we love to play at St. James's Park there seems to be something about the, the ground that stops Tottenham from playing although the same could be said for a lot of the ground that they visit <laughs> um, I, I, I do think I do think Newcastle might just win this one you do think so so Rashan do you agree with that notion do you think that Newcastle United could upset I'm not sure if it's upset uh I would say you're upset, right? Do you do you agree? It would be upset on the cards, but I don't see it happening. I think uh I think Spurs need a result. Uh, I, I think Nuno desperately needs a result and he has to get it. I understand the excitement surrounding the Newcastle, the whole takeover and everything like that, but on paper at least I think Tottenham have a bit too much. And um yeah, the hurricane goal has to come eventually, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. So maybe this week. Yeah. Uh Kabe, what about you? Do you do you foresee this being a... The perfect start to the Newcastle United era the under PIF? No. Because unlike you, I think that Steve Bruce will still be there. Okay. So I think it's um same same old same old stuff la, from Newcastle. And I think yeah, Spurs need need that win. La. I don't I don't see them beating I don't see Newcastle beating Spurs. Not not right now. Maybe after the maybe when the the next round of games la, when 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 there's a new manager and all, but no, nah, I don't think I don't think this time. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Let's see. Uh, just for the record, I think Newcastle will upset Spurs in this one. Uh, going on to, of course, the last fixture of the game week, and that's of course on a Monday night, Tuesday morning, three a.m. fixture. That's that Arsenal. Monday night football. Yes. Yeah, Arsenal at home against Crystal Palace. Uh, don't want to say so much about this game, uh, but it's of course a London derby. And Patrick Vieira is coming home. Ah, Patrick Vieira is coming home. Yes. Wow. Good. Uh, good point to make. Uh, Crystal Palace have been a funny team, right? I mean, uh, sometimes. They've seemed to be like, you know, under a new era, playing good football. And then sometimes they switch off and they don't play good football. Because I remember the game against Brighton in particular where they dominated that game, you know, against Brighton who have been so good. And then suddenly they considered a, a last minute goal just out of nowhere. Uh, and with Arsenal being on form, uh, am I right to say that anything other than three points would be a huge shock in this one? I think the problem with... Uh Crystal Palace is you talk about not having consistency, right? But because Patrick Vieira has been part of that reset where they are trying to make things young and fresh again. So with a young and fresh squad, that is always bound to happen, right? Consistency, you're going to struggle for it. Against Arsenal, I see your point. Arsenal playing at home, anything less than three points against Crystal Palace would be 
dropped points for sure. Regardless of this whole sentiment of Patrick Vieira coming home and all that, I think Arsenal do need to get the job done if they want to be taken seriously. All right. Uh, before we end the show, uh, Terence, I want to go to you first because you've given us a glimpse uh, of what you're going to say. Uh, who would be your captain for the Fantasy Premier League Game Week 8? I am going to cave to peer pressure, peer and societal pressure and go with Mo Salah this time. I think it's... I, I, I do think he will have a few day against Watford and I do need to climb up the FPL table. So, Mo Salah for me. All right, Kabe? I've had Ronaldo as my captain for weeks. Um, I think it's time for me to follow my heart uh, instead of... It's follow my head instead of my heart. So, yeah, Mo Salah. <laughs> Mo Salah, okay. Uh, Raushan? Well, before the recording, I was going to say Mo Salah. But I then went on to talk about Watford pulling off our upset. So, it would be a bit counterproductive for me to say Mo Salah. So, I'm going to go for... <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Vardy. Jamie... <sighs> This guy. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, care to elaborate? I just think he's going to have a... Talk about Mo Salah having a field day against Watford. I think Jamie Vardy is going to have a field day against the United defence. Yeah, I find it hard to disagree with that, to be very honest, because I said, right, that uh, he's going to have a lot of space, so I'm not going to disagree. I take your opinion seriously, bro. I'm very honoured, bro, as a Manchester United fan. Uh... For me, Took I think... the whole podcast to say <laughs> Manchester United fan. Uh, for me, I've got to go with someone who I've not had in my team uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, now that I've brought him in, I've got to give him the armband and that's, of course, Mo Salah. Mo Salah hat-trick. Uh, Mo Salah hat-trick. Wow. Uh, I, I, I don't know why, but I just do see this being a a, a very emphatic win for, for Leo. But I, I just do think that like Watford... Uh, this game will come too early for them in terms of trying to cause an upset or or have a good organized defense. So, uh, Musala, don't let me down. Inshallah. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, good good note to end uh, the show with. Uh, thank you so much, Terence, for coming on the show and talking about Newcastle United. Kabir, thank you for giving some balance to the show as well. Uh, hope you guys have a good weekend watching English Premier League uh, and hope your teams win, especially Manchester United. Good luck, guys. I need the points, so pray for me. <laughs> <laughs>